know, before Kirk started talking about Israel, felt like we need to pray, and you pray, but I want to pray a little more. You know, there's a theology, there's a replacement theology that the church has replaced Israel. Let me tell you something, friends. There's one city in the, in the book of Revelation that's mentioned, Jerusalem. Not New York, not Bangkok, not Thailand, not Mumbai, Jerusalem. There's a reason why. Whatever God loves, Satan hates, and it's an inheritance. Now, Jesus wasn't Jewish. He is Jewish. Jesus is still Jewish. It was, he was, he was, no, he was still, some of you guys went to Israel. Look, when you go to the land, you see a promise. Can a nation be born in a day? Yes. Israel was born in a day. It came back. It's in a promise. It doesn't mean God hates everybody. Salvation, Paul said, comes through the Jews. Of all the planets, God chose earth. Of all the people, he chose Abraham. Abraham was a Chaldean. He took him out, and he made a promise to one man, one woman. And because of that promise, there's a nation. You can go and see the ruins of Roman, Rome, but you still see Israel. Where Rome was, where Israel is. And so we need to pray. It doesn't mean there are Christian missionaries in Arab countries, and God loves everybody. But we have to understand he's God. And so we don't choose how it comes from. He, Jesus could have been born anything, but he, he, he says salvation comes from the Jews. And as soon as he said that, Satan hates them. So, Lord, we thank you. We lift up. God, we realize we were grafted into that tree. That tree's not chopped down. The reason you're blessed is because he says, Abraham, I bless you. And every nation that, so we bless Abraham. We bless your children, God. First, you talk about the first, first comes to the Jew. First salvation and first judgment. So, Lord, we've been grafted in that tree. And since we've been grafted in that tree, God, we don't tell you what planet to pick. You could have picked Saturn, but you pick Earth. So we, Lord, I just thank you for the safety, the rooting out. I thank you for the prophecies. The whole world could attack Israel, and yet it still will stand. Why? Because of God. Six-day war. All the nations around him, but yet he stood. God, what is that? It's a testimony. What you promised us, no matter what the attack is, it can stand if we believe you, God. And Lord, I thank you for the Muslims and the Arabs in this nation and the other nations. I thank you. You know, you, they believe in dreams. So, Lord, I thank you. There's a man in white coming in dreams. And it's not about what you're born. We've been all been grafted in. And I saw before the throne of heaven every tongue, every race, every nation, every color, man, woman, little children. So I thank you for that, Lord. We bless your people, God. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord. And I thank you for your promises are yes and amen. Amen. We've replaced yours. No, friends, you haven't. I want to talk about the title of this message is, I got you. I got you. And I want to talk about how Peter, you know, when during worship it says, let me see your face. And there's many scriptures I'm going to talk about. It says, you know, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, Matthew 14, I don't, Matthew 14, now in the fourth watch of the night, verse 25, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. And immediately G Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Say immediately. Immediately. Your help can come immediately. You ask for salvation, it comes immediately. You ask for wisdom, it comes immediately. Now, last week, Sabata talked about, one of the things he talked about was union and communion. And the problems with prayer is when we don't, when we don't have communion with God outside asking for stuff, when we go to ask him for stuff, we, we don't know him, so we don't know his will. But when we know him, you can instantly know his will. Last week I was talking to somebody, and I'm going to get back to my scripture, don't worry. Last week I was talking to their grandpa, their grandpa, and he goes, and he's all, you know, I had this granddaughter, and she goes, she called me up and she goes, Grandpa, I put something in your Amazon account. You got me, Papa? He goes, I got you. Now he, he said, she don't call Mama. The problem is when we have things in our prayer account, we don't feel like God's got us. He says, I got you. And he smiled on his face. He had that pleasure of 
her coming to him. Jesus says, Father, I think, the Bible says, if you ask according to his will, he hears us. God doesn't hear every prayer. He, he, he knows that you said it, but he doesn't hear it. Like, Lord, let me become a billionaire tomorrow and take over Elon Musk. That's not God's will. I know John's not. But every prayer that you pray according to his will, the Bible says he hears us. And if he hears us, we have those things request him. The problem is we don't come to him like his papa. You got me? It's like, you got me? You got me. And so here's Peter walking on the, uh, on the, he sees Jesus. He says, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, is it if you command me to come to you on the water? Well, he just said it. He just needed confirmation. He said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, it was already boisterous. Jesus, there's the Savior. Here's the storm. Jesus didn't become any better, or he didn't become any worse. Peter looked away from Jesus to the wind. The Bible does not say the storm got worse. So last week, uh, we had one of our toddlers, and he was, he was going to his, walking to his dad. I didn't touch him. I didn't push him. I didn't talk to him. He was walking to his dad. I just went like this, one step, and he was over here. What did he do? We do that all day. Father, do you see what they said to me? Jesus, we love you. You see, you see the circumstance? And we get sidetracked. Savior or storm? So when he's looking at Jesus, he's walking on the water. But then he saw the waves. It was already boisterous. It was already. And so he began to sink. And he says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Some people have to sink a little bit before they cry out. I know some people, I've, I've dealt with people, uh, I had people that I actually put in drug rehabs. I should have been in the rehab because they didn't think they had a problem. One of them called me like two weeks. He goes, he goes, I graduated from the rehab. I said, how do you graduate from the rehab in two weeks when it's six months? He goes, okay. He goes, they were all praising the Lord with their eyes closed. I walked out. <laughs> so he didn't think he had a problem. So his bottom, and, and I talked to another friend who was, who was no longer doing drugs, he goes, John, your bottom's not his bottom. Everybody has a dinner. So he is sinking. So Peter cried out, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Immediately. Now, it doesn't say Jesus had to find Peter. See, Peter's eyes were off Jesus, but Jesus' eyes were not off Peter. Peter looked away at the wind, the one who created the wind was looking at his disciple. And once he cried out, immediately he, he, he grabbed him. Who grabbed who? Jesus grabbed Peter. When you need salvation, friends, it's not the pastor that saved you. He can lead you to the Savior, but there's one that saves. And so when we go, you got me, no matter what storm you're in, you can talk to the Savior and say, you got me. I put this in my prayer account. You got me. I put this in. You got me. My brother, who was cutting his arms, driving drunk on the sidewalk in Las Vegas, I go, God, here's my brother. You got me. John, I got you. My dad, so, so but that's the faith and that's the... Some of us need to see God as a grandpa, not a dad. Because when we say father, we have issues with that. But how come grandfathers treat their grandkids so much better than their own kids? Because they don't have to put up with some stuff. But friends, when you, here's candy, here's this. But when you come to God and say, God, you got me. I'm not talking about praying things outside his will. But when you commune and union with him, you know his will. You know the will is to the cross when someone says, you're not going to die. Let's create a big ministry. Get behind me, Satan. 
He wasn't saying, Peter was saying, what you're saying is from this kingdom. See, there's two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And so do you think God has you when whatever situation, whatever circumstance, whatever storm, do you think God has you? So we looked away. So that little toddler, he looked, he was running towards his father, but I took one step. I pulled back, and he went right like this. And we do that all day long, this circumstance, that circumstance. Jesus, this. Jesus, this. In 2 Chronicles 21.4, because, Lord, let me see your face. When our eyes are on him, our faith is on him. So all the disciples are in the boat. There's the storm watching Peter. That boy's crazy. He's going in. Only one got out of the boat. So Peter sank. Yeah, but he walked. So he got back in the boat, and he was wet. And they all had to ask him, what was it like? You'll never know. You'll never know if you take a step. And, friends, if you take a step and you say, you know, I, I go to Mexico. I'm going next week, and I, I know what it's like to know people that have lost loved ones. It's, it's nothing like the Middle East. The Middle East is the center of the world, not the United States. Nothing pulls the world in faster than the Middle East. Specifically, Israel and Jerusalem. It is the center of the world. It is. Biblical prophecy all stems from that. Sheep nations, goat nations is how they treat Israel to be, to be divided. Now, I'm not going to get into prophecy. I'm going to do a 50-week series on it. I know there's a lot of views, but know this. When you read the book of Revelation, it is called the revelation of Jesus Christ. God is in control. He's already said what's going to happen and what he's going to do. And he's going to step in history and says it's, this, is, this is it. So in 2 Chronicles... I want, to, I want to turn there. Second Chronicles 20, 1 through 4. We're going to read about Je- Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, there was three armies coming against him. And the Bible says, that he said there's three armies. And he says, here's your possession. They're trying to overthrow us. It says, you have given us your possession. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. They didn't choose the land. Friends, you don't choose your destiny. You don't choose your purpose. He's given you inheritance, and we can choose to inherit it. I can't stand up. I, I, I know some of you going to YWAM, and, and uh, you have some kids going to YWAM. I just remember the story right now. My friend who went to YWAM, he goes, John, I went to YWAM. And he goes, they go, they go, go pray where God wants you to go. So you go through your discipleship program. He goes, I wanted to go to Japan, right? So he goes, but God told me Hawaii. So God says, I want you to go to Hawaii, but I want to go to Japan. So he gets there. There's three people. They're all like, Anthony, did God speak to you? Yeah, he spoke to me. What did he say? He said, Japan. That's funny, Anthony, because he told all three of us Hawaii. So you don't pick. I didn't pick Juarez. I didn't pick Mexico. Maybe I like Tokyo better. Maybe I like, so you don't pick your inheritance. God, this is the land that you've given me to inheritance. This is the promise. You, and now I got three armies coming against us. And, they, and he said this. We have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Peter, your eyes need to pee on Jesus. And when they're on Jesus, you walk on the water. does not matter how windy it gets. Jesus did not get any worse. He was always the Savior, Savior of storm. So, But the longer you look at Jesus, the more, another aspect you see of him. In one storm, he's a lion. In one storm, he's a lamb. In one storm, he's, he's the table. In one storm, he's, he's revelation. In one storm, he's genesis. Like He will give you that revelation because each storm has a different aspect of the Savior. But you won't know it if your eyes are on the storm. Look how bad it is. John, your brother cuts his arms. My uncle called me. You don't know how bad he is. No, no, no. My eyes are on God who who saved me when I was in the eighth grade, who my dad didn't want to be a Christian. I did not choose this Christian life. Before you were born, he has a purpose for you. And he says, do you want to inherit it? Well, there's lions. There was three armies. And so they worship. Friends, listen. This is just a little plug. Side commercial for praise and worship. I'm not on the worship team. 
I'm not doing this for me. Praise and worship is not a warm-up for the sermon. Prophecies will cease. In heaven, no one's going to say, John, that was a good series. But we'll always have worship. As Once there was the first angel, there was worship. We enter in what's going on for eternity. And you don't know. And so they begin to worship. They begin to worship. God said an ambush. You know what an ambush means? To lie in wait. So God says, one person stood up. So they're all saying, we wait on you. One gave them a prophetic word. He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now we read that scripture like this. So here it is. Three armies coming. Just go out and stand. One word. One promise. Now if it was me, I would say, thank you, brother. Does anybody have another word? Fight this. One promise. God says something one time. It's true. He says it again to convince you, not to convince him. When he said, let there be light, the atoms got in line and there was a creation. From nothing became something. But he's not dealing with that. He's dealing with us. So when he says something, you're called a pastor. You're called to Mexico. You're called to go to Mexico. He, the first time, it's from God, it's true. It's true the first time he said it. What he's trying to do is get us to agree with him. To agree with him. Adam, where are you? Agree with me. I'm here. He, can, he knows right where you're at. He saw Peter sinking, but as soon as Peter cried out, immediately Jesus grabbed him, put him back in the boat. And the only thing wet on Jesus was his feet. No, it was raining, so probably him too. So it says, wait. So when you worship, when you come, when you come with your problems, when you come and, and, and don't be late for worship, oh, I can enter the second song. I, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not judging anybody. Friends, listen, it's not just about on Sunday morning. It's when you get in your car and when you give up your problems and you begin to worship and praise. And sometimes it's a weapon and sometimes it's for intimacy. But you won't know if your eyes are on the storm and it's not on Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you. Then he begins to speak. You cannot intimately know him without a life of praise and worship. It does not work. You cannot intimately know him without a life of prayer. And I have no formulas, but I used to have a formula for prayer. Now I sit. Okay, sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's this. Sometimes it's that. You know, Sabata says, don't waste a car trip. Listen to praise and worship. When you start feeding that, that time, when you start doing that, if I go to the gym and I do one curl, you won't see a big difference. But you have to have consistency. When you have that consistent prayer life, roots go deep. And when the storm comes, you keep your eyes on Jesus. No, I know Jesus. Winds, you will die down. Storms, you will die down. Problems, you will die down. My brother will show you his arm, but what he can't show you is your broken heart because God healed him from that. So here they are, and they worshiped. And the, and the Bible says he set an ambush against them. And when they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. I don't know what your enemies are. It could be fear of future. See, it's not, we read these stories not just because it's physical. We're not going to physically fight. But whatever your army is, guilt, shame, are my enemies coming against me? God will set an ambush. That means he's waiting. He was already waiting to attack them. What released it? Praise and worship. God, we thank you for every ambush you set against the enemy of our lives. Last week I walked in, praise and worship, and I instantly joy because I thought about the sound equipment. Some of us haven't prayed for that. Because, friends, how much more does God rejoice over salvations? And I was happy for it, okay? I was happy. I just felt like I smiled when I walked in. Like, look at all the sound equipment. Look at all them. How much more for 
my dad getting saved, your brother getting saved, and your uncle getting saved. How much more when you no longer come to him like this, God, you got me with shame and guilt, but God, you got me. And because you got me, I can hug you. See, like it's a different mentality. It's the same Savior, same storm, but it's a different entrance. Some come low. Some come through the exit. Come through the back door. But some come through the front. I've been with business people that were very successful, and their kid comes in, and they pick them up. We think God's like a CEO and go and wait, make an appointment, sit right there. You cry out at 2 o'clock in the morning, he hears you. 8 o'clock in the morning, he hears you. He does not sleep in slumber. We sleep. And while you're sleeping, he's watching your enemies. But when you get up and start facing him first, Lord, we praise you. And not get distracted like that little toddler. Go, my boss said what? I'm going to text three people. They did what? And instantly he got distracted. And he was smiling. But let me ask you a question. When he grows up and he's five or six and he has a boo-boo and he's running, do you think I can distract him? No. The more we mature and the more things become. He, 16 years old, if I do that, he'd be like, what's up, fool? He'd be like, what's up, John? He would just walk right past me, Dad, and talk to his father. Why? Because when we mature and we grow up, little distractions do not pull us to the left or right. And as bad as that storm was, it was a distraction. Jesus already said we're going to go to the other side, but you forget that in the wind. He already called you a pastor or a preacher or to politics. If we're all right here, who's going to be in the political realm? If we're all right here, who's going to talk to Elon Musk? If we're all right here, who's going to talk to the police officers? Friend, we can't all be right. But wherever you stand, Pastor Allen, is a, Pastor Allen, stand up. Wherever you stand is a pulpit. Wherever you stand is a pulpit. Lord, we just bless Pastor Allen. We just thank you, God. That means this church, that church, and other cities. Wherever you stand is a pulpit. I thank you for the revelation of Jesus Christ coming through your life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to preach a little longer, then we're going to pray. I said, we're going to pray. You're not going to watch me pray, hear me pray, listen to me pray. We're going to pray. That means you're going to come in and say, God, here, here's my, here, here's, I'm sinking. Because if you only listen to the words of Jesus and you do not eat them and you do not drink his blood, you will not have his life. Many thought he was a good teacher. The Pharisees said good teacher. There's lots of good teachers. He was Savior of the world. We need to recognize who we're coming to with our prayer requests. We need to recognize who said, come on the waters. He didn't tell all the disciples. Peter says, if that's you, I'm coming. God, no matter how dangerous war is, or these nations, are, some of you are going to go to very dangerous places, but it's not as dangerous as you think. I'll tell you what's dangerous, not getting out of the boat. I'll tell you what's dangerous, living your whole life and never taking the step. I'll tell you what's dangerous, going, no, 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 when it's safe, when the storm dies down, when there's no clouds, when there's no winds, but there's always a Savior. If there's a Savior, it doesn't matter if the storm, he says, step out. Does that mean all oh, you call to go to nations? No. Some of you support. Some of you pray. Some, and there's nations here. These last three weeks, I started witnessing the more people. It's crazy. I was with Court and Sabata one time, and I got a prophetic word. It's like, you're going to know some useless stuff. Like, you're going to be an expert at useless stuff, but it's going to be a bridge. And they're like, that's a weird word. But it's weird. I'm talking to people, and they mention something, and I go, Brrr. and all of a sudden it has, it has a bridge. And I walk away going, man, I remember that from this. I remember that from Look, I have a good memory, but God ties those things in. Why? Because he cares about people. Jesus didn't heal people just to demonstrate his power. He didn't heal people just so you could know what to do. He healed people because he actually loves people. He sat with a woman in a well because he loved her. There was no conference. There was no flyers. There was no advertisements. He was just talking to a woman, one person, one creation. Friends, you're sitting in your seat. You're one. Say, I'm one. So there's one. You're in a storm. You see the Savior. You have a choice. Keep your eyes on Jesus or like the toddler, be distracted with one little step. I didn't touch him. I didn't push him. I didn't speak to him. I just made a step. I just made a movement, a distraction. The wind moved. Didn't say the wind storm got worse. It didn't say Jesus lost some of his goodness. Peter just turned his eyes. But Jehoshaphat goes, God, there's three armies. Our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. 
One word, one prophetic word, one promise. What's a prophetic word? Prophetic word is just God encouraging you. This is something I have for your life. But let me tell you something. It's not just about one prophetic word. When you enter that word, all of a sudden you see, the, you see all these other things you have right to because this decision, if you make this decision, it gives you choices over here. But if you make this decision, now you can go. Because I go to wars and I can meet business people and all those other things that God has for me. Why? Because money is a tool and a weapon. It's not just to be put away, put away. That's why... Gold doesn't even rust, but, but, but when we, they stood before Jesus and he gave an account, he says, you're, you're, it has rust. Why? Because it's sad. It's sad. Riches are not meant for sitting. They're meant for movement. So, Lord, I thank you for weapons that people will realize what wealth is. It is a weapon. It's to feed people. It's to, it's to house people. It's to love people. It's to clothe people. It's to build churches. Yes, buildings. Why do we have buildings? So people can come. Why do people come? Because God loves people. Why do we need a bigger facility? Because God loves people. Lord, I thank you. This is not our last place. And it's not just about building bigger, more money and stuff. Friends, listen. God will bring people in that are generous and give without ties if you don't want to, but guess what? You will sit and watch just like they did in the boat. Revival is going to happen with or without you. This book is going to end with or without you. Doesn't doesn't matter what preacher falls, who rises, what church, this and this. It'll end just as he says. Why? Because it's based on Jesus Christ. Our faith is not based on a book. It's based on a person, Jesus Christ. And this book points to him from Genesis to Revelation. There's a scarlet cord. Now, when there was a scarlet cord hanging out, they said, okay, we're going to go in the promised land. We're going to spy at the promised land. What they couldn't enter before, now they can enter. So they went in, and there was a, a harlot. And she goes, okay. She housed him, and she goes, I know. And she goes, have a scarlet cord out of your window, otherwise you're dead. But we're going to save you and your family. That word scarlet cord, and scarlet cord, the word cord in Hebrew, is first time it's used, it's for a cord. Every other time that word is used, it's used hope. So the first time is a cord. Every other time is hope. Hope, joyful, expectation, confident expectation. Friends, he is our scarlet cord. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a scarlet cord that runs. It's in Genesis. He created all things. There's nothing. There is no book where you can't find Jesus. What about the book of Ruth? Even when it doesn't mention him, he's there. He's Boaz. And every situation in your life, Jesus was there. Even though you didn't see him because you were looking at the storm. Even before I was saved, he already placed Paul Blendy, who I didn't know, eighth grade, and he turned to me and says, Do you want to be born again? Jesus says you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, a lot of times we give the salvation call at the end. I'm going to give it now. Here, here's the deal. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you're listening to. But Jesus said unless you become born again, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And we think it's after we die. No, you enter the kingdom of heaven as soon as you receive him. And because you're in the kingdom of heaven, you live forever in heaven. You're going to exist somewhere. You know what hell is? Separation from him. That's what hell is. And there's people that are living a type of hell because they're separated. But the Father sent the Son to gather his, his, all that would come to him. He doesn't cross your will. He didn't pull Peter out before he said he was drowning. He cried out. He cried. So, Lord, we cry out to you in every circumstance, every storm, every situation. Dan, come play us a little music. Man, that's a big soundboard. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. In fact, they named, he named the land blessings because after God set an ambush, two armies attacked one army. And after they killed that other army, they attacked each other, and they were all dead. The Bible says it took them three days to gather all the spoils. So what the enemy had against you, you now you have of the enemies. They threw Joseph in prison. Potiphar did. But Pharaoh pulled him up. So now, you guys got to know the lineage. It's president, vice president. Pharaoh's top. 
Potiphar is an officer. So now Joseph is over the family that threw him down. Pharaoh threw him in prison. Potiphar threw him in prison, and Pharaoh picked him up at the right hand. Symbolic of Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is in everything. You can't read this Bible without him. In fact, you take any example of it, you have nothing. You have words that don't make a difference. And when you take Jesus out of your life, you have nothing. Same. Take him out of this book, what's left? Stories, history, who fought who. Take Jesus out of your life, what's left? Nothing. There's no weight. There's no glory. There's no difference. You made your money. You had your 401k. You raised your dogs. What's left? Somebody needs to be in heaven because of you. Somebody needs to be in heaven. When I get to heaven, John, thanks for praying for me. Thanks for loving me. doesn't mean we're perfect. It means we take all our trash and all our garbage to the Savior, and he washes it away. And they used to kill animals in the Old Testament as a symbol, but it was just a pause. Sooner or later, the price needs to be paid. And the blood in the Old Testament covered, but the blood in the New Testament washes. Because it's covered, God knew it was still there, and justice says, I need to be paid. And mercy says, show mercy. And so justice and mercy met on the cross. And justice was satisfied. Yes, I'm fully satisfied. And mercy was fully satisfied. Friends, it was a price you did not pay. And when you keep your eyes on that Savior, he has nails in his hands because he knows what it's like to be rejected and hurt. There will be no scars in heaven but the ones Jesus carries. Put your hand in my side. Now, we call him Doubting Thomas, but really that's not who Jesus calls him because after he did that, he was actually the apostle that went to India. So if you doubted, if you rejected, if you denied him, you can take that. And what the enemy meant against you, you can take all those spoils and say, I have the faith now to give you everything. I have the faith. So, Lord, I thank you. If you're here, we're going to end with this. If there's something in your life where you're in a storm, and I'm, I'm going to sit down because I'm going to stand, and there's something that you need to keep your eyes on Jesus, I want you to stand. I'm going to stand with you. If there's a storm in your life where you're facing and that you have a choice, Savior or storm, it could be a big storm, it could be a little storm, it could be financial storm, it could be fear of the future, it could be, God, I don't think you can forgive me for that. God, I don't think you can use me. When I gave my life to Christ, I sat on my bed eating the sandwich and I says, God, I know you don't use people like me. And you guys come up. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm not going to prophesy, but I want you to pray. If you're standing, come up.